Hi, Darlene. Hey, Lydia. How are you? Happy New Year. Same to you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Oh, Merry Christmas. This has been an amazing. First of all, it's raining and pouring here, and we're we're ending the drought finally. It's wow. Kind of, kind of a it's a gift. Um, we've had a seven year drought, and the, the wildfires are really prolific and we finally have it feels like the sierra nevadas the snow caps are filled right now it's it's we've had nonstop rain i heard that i heard that for i mean for more than a few days right yeah and flooding too but it was kind of scary last night to hear it pounding all it's still raining right now we're not used to that in california we uh, we look at rains people drive like zero miles an hour Mm -hmm. Well, we've had like three or four days of rain too, but we're so used to the gray and doom and gloom and rain. It's like, that's our winter, you yeah. know, so we're ready for that. So you're so beautiful. Thank I just, you. I would love to just wish everyone a happy new year. And this, this show is called how to heal because it's the one thing everyone needs to know how to heal, how to heal their bodies, mind, spirit, family relationships, political divisions. There's one ultimate source of good in the world. And we're going to discuss different methods of healing. But I want to talk to you about on a personal level, what you've been going through. You know, just what's going on in your life. I know something. Well, you know, I think that um, I think that everyone and, you know, we're talking about good and we're talking about, you know, how to heal. And I think that there's one ultimate physician, right? There's one ultimate healer and we need to get into that light, that vein for everything. Like you said, whether it be physical, mental, spiritual, whatever it is. And yeah, I had a, I had a really tough lesson this Christmas. And the reason I want to share this is because I also realize I'm not unique. And if it's happening to me, it happens to other people. And these are some things that are not socially acceptable to talk about because who wants to talk about the fact that their child has blocked them and doesn't want to talk to them right Why is she I, you know it, it, it really is you know for for anybody that's a mother or a father out there and you come together and you create this being that you hold for the very first time and it's just, it's part of you. It's just part of you. And, you know, I have a son who will be 40 January 1st. You're too young. <laughs> yeah. And he stopped talking to me in August. Oh, honey, I can't, but I know I've heard this. I can't believe it. It's so mm -hmm. bewildering. And painful. And, but you know, but here's the thing. I've cried. I've begged. I've sent cards and gifts. I try to stay in touch as much as I can with, with my, my grandchildren, um, my son, my daughter-in-law, and I need to be the one to continue to carry the light and to continue to just reach out. I'm not being a doormat. I, I won't do that. But at the same time, I've recognized through prayer, through meditation, through people that have talked to me that have a similar path, that it's not me everybody has issues that they have to work through and they work through them one way or another, you know? And so unfortunately this year at Christmas, um, I was minus my son, my daughter-in-law, my three grandkids. And, it, and it's very heavy on my heart. Um, but I'm also understanding 
that if it didn't, if it wasn't meant to be this way for a higher purpose, then it wouldn't be. And so I need to keep pedaling, keep putting one foot in front of the other and allow God to work out whatever it is he's working out because we just don't know. And, you know, whatever we think is good is not necessarily good. You know, in the Bible, it says that God, um, to God, a day can be a thousand years and a thousand years can be a day. He doesn't think like us. He doesn't see things that he, he sees the entire picture. He, it, she, whatever you want to call it. I'm sorry if I'm genderizing. Um, but it's what I've done for all my life. Just said he, yeah, um, the capital H. Um, yeah. So anyway, I don't see the big picture. I see my little picture, just what I, just my picture. I can't see what's happening way beyond, you know, it's kind of like throwing a rock in a pond and ripples just keep going. Right. And, and that's the way life is. Something happens and the ripple effect just goes. I look at it as a tapestry and I was writing, I wrote this poetic verse about 10 years ago on the tapestry and how we're underneath with the long yarn and the fibers and the colored weave going in and out to a picture above that we can't see the total picture, the big picture. And people leave us, the threads leave us, the threads are woven into a bigger picture and we lose people and we, and we have loss and yet we don't know the whole story. And then I read that exact thing almost just the other day, as I was thinking about it, I call a coincidence, a God shot as you do, we both, you know, but to me, these uncanny coincidences prove that solid matter is not what the universe is made of. And I've been studying quantum physics and quantum astronomy lately. One of my favorite astrophysicists is also a person who believes as we do in, in the great force of love in the universe that I call God, that we call God. And he writes that even, even Heiselberg, Heisenberg, who came up with quantum physics, says some physicists would like to return to the idea that the particles constituting trees and rocks exist independently of whether or the observe, we observe them or not. Mm. This, however, is impossible. Everything starts with mind, thought. We are the thoughts. We are thinking. I mean, quantum physics proves that nothing can exist without an observer. And Einstein, relativity theory isn't speaking to quantum physics, but they're both viable theories right now. To me, it proves God is proved through science. And I want to I want to explore that further as well. But that's true. The power me, of thought. That's right. And let me do, let me do a little caveat for everybody. And you know, I really wish somehow, if I had one wish for whoever's going to be saying this, I wish I was live with people to interact and to see their faces. And, and because there's so much dynamic that happens when we talk about this stuff, because I get so many calls and so many comments, but what I want to tell you, and this is really important. So I gave out my woe story first, right? And so I, I, I want everybody to hear this follow-up too. So here I am on Christmas day, Christmas Eve has come and gone. Christmas day is now coming almost over. And you know, I've got this heaviness, but I'm trying to be for my children that are here and my grandkids that are here and the rest of my family, trying to be very upbeat and positive and merry, merry, ho, ho, ho. And meanwhile, I'm walking around, but you know what? I mean, it, the yang, the yang, you know, we've heard of that, the black, the white. So I got a gift around, I'm going to say six o'clock on Christmas day, right? So I'm at my other son's house. 
I'm in my grandson's room. He got a PS5. He's playing this thing, just like all these kids do. And so everybody's kind of hovering in this room to see this new game that this kid's playing. And my youngest son says, well, since I have everybody in the same room, I have an announcement. And I looked at him. He goes, we're going to have a baby. Oh, so with the heaviness of the one that's not speaking to me, now my baby is telling me he's going to have a child. And it was like, God just kind of topped my sadness with a gift. And like you said, thinking. And so now it's like, turn your thoughts to the light, turn your thoughts to the good, get out of the dark, right? The dark feeds itself. You feed the light, the light will feed you. The light is all that exists, by the way, in actual physics. Yes. The dark has the part of the dark. There's no such thing as a dark particle. It's light. That that's even more interesting to than any. I mean, that's fascinating that we're proving we can prove God through science, but thoughts are everything. And I just want to say, you helped me get through something difficult the other day with my son. And I felt that he was very hurtful to me on Christmas. This is probably just the ethos in the air right now with people feeling yes. kind of a, a pervasive hostility everywhere. But I began, I learned this, I heard a tape that said, think of your child as innocent, kind, good, loving, and giving, and start increasing, magnify the good. And I started doing that and I stopped focusing on the bad and it kind of reversed itself. It kind of changed everything. And thanks to you for also bringing me that story. We focus on the light. Yes. The light becomes all we see. Yes. And you know, I think I, may have, I think I may have told you that evening when we were talking and, and or, or else I told them at church, one or the other. But you know what? When you walk into a dark room, you don't stand there and say, oh, turn off the dark. No, <laughs> you say, turn on the light. Exactly. So how, how do we get rid of the darkness? We turn on the light. We let our light shine. And all of us have light. No matter what we're going through, there's a light in us. And we just need to let that light shine brightly. So whatever is good, we hang on to it. Whatever is negative, we let go of it. And, you know, I had an experience. You know, Well, you know I had COVID. So I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah, I'm so sorry you had COVID, but you, you recovered. Yes. Yes. But, but you know what? I thought about that experience now because I was diagnosed on December 4th and the minute I saw positive for COVID, I just had an overwhelming fear come over me because you hear so many things in the media and people react differently. And this happens and that happens and vaccine vaccinated people, non-vaxxers and all you just, it goes on and on. Right. And so I panicked, like when I saw that diagnosis, I'm like, oh my, what's going to happen to me? But you know what happened? I had a group of people just kind of suck right into me, physicians, my friends that were just checking on me night and day. I rode out the storm. I had like a bad 72 hours. And then my body kind of just overcame it. Um, It wasn't pleasant. But what I learned from that, when you talk about the ethos and what's happening, there is so much fear and anxiety spewing in our society right now. And I think it's multiple things. I think it's COVID related. I think it's life related. I think it's technology related. I mean, the world is moving so fast. Think about this. 
we have never in our lifetime until the internet, when social media became kind of ubiquitous everywhere all the time, we have never spoken to each other on a one-to-one -one level, everybody all at once. We've never had this before. The past decade it increased. You know, for that it was, we read the newspaper, we turned on three channels of news. That's right. We're, we're yeah. talking to each other, but there's a lot of good coming out of it. There's a lot of people finding the light through yeah. social media, increase the positive. You know, there are people, it's, it's all brand new. It's like a, the, the wild west. You know, we're pioneers creating the new technology. We can't fight it. It's, it's, it's the cat's out of the bag. Exactly. The genie's out of the bottle. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, you know. That's right. And I love, and I love that we do this podcast. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because it's a positive, um, helpful, hopefully helpful interaction for people to hear and to see and to understand they're not alone. I mean, if I give anything to people, I hope that you understand you're never alone, no matter what you're going through. Somebody else has gone through that. Somebody else has answers to that. You just have to reach out and look, you know, and not try to isolate and stay um, because we're only as sick as our secrets, right? Exactly. And you and I in years of recovery, where it's step-by-step step, one day at a time, we learned to, to be honest and authentic and to tell our secrets out loud and share them, share your pain. You cut it in half, share your joy. You double it. Yes. And there is a, and you know, whatever you want to call God, a lot of people out there may not believe in God per se, the, the old the, the um, archaic version of the fear and punishing God, which I do not believe in. Right. But I do believe that, and I call it God because of the delightful miracles I've, I've, I've achieved. I've actually had so many so-called miracles through this wide-eyed surrender, this kind of optimistic, show me, I'll act as if, mm -hmm. let me act as if I believe in, in a power greater than myself that may love me. And let's just, and because I was, so shocked into these amazing things that happened. I'm unwinding it backwards. I want to prove it. I want to show everybody that I had proof, tangible evidence. A lot of people just believe in, they have, they've been given their faith through generations and they've gotten lazy with it because they sort of were told they have to believe this. Mm -hmm. I actually experienced firsthand some mind boggling, blow, mind blowing miracles. That's and right. now I believe they're not really miracles. They're natural law. It's the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. If we're thinking the right way, if we're following the good in the universe, if we're following God, the God of love, if we're actually believing mm -hmm. that life is good, life is beautiful, life is creative, life is wondrous. There's That's this right. optimism that you overcome evil with good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and that's just kind of um, why I had the interest in even doing this podcast is to actually put good into the universe because I like you, you know, I like you have had all these experiences, these God shots. And I'm like, I know that they need to get out there. And I know that other people are having them. And it's a phenomenon that people really don't know what to do with. Right. It, it's so, um, what word abstract abstract that is it quantifiable is it quant you know can you qualify it and sometimes the answer to that is no but you know what go to a person that had stage four cancer that's cancer free and they'll tell you something happened right yes um something happened I mean, 
you know, go to somebody that was in an automobile accident, went someplace, had an experience, was watching the whole thing, came back into their body and could tell about it. You know, that reminds me of um, Eben Alexander. Have you ever read his book? No. Okay. He's a neurosurgeon and I've mm, neurosurgeon. He's a neurosurgeon. He did surgery on the brain. Okay. And so I, you know, right now the name, the actual name of his book is is eluding me, but it's Eben Alexander. Okay. And he, he would see patients because he did brain surgery on them. So they would come back into his office as a follow-up. And a lot of people would say to him, you know, I had this experience while I was in surgery. And they would tell him um, different things that they saw or felt or heard or whatever. And he would just kind of poo-poo him. He'd be like, yeah, okay. And he just thought that it was because he was doing surgery. They were under sedation and they were just having this experience until it happened to him. It happened to him. He actually got meningitis. And for seven days, I believe he was in some sort of coma and they didn't expect him to live at all. Not at all. And his family stayed beside his, his bed and they prayed. And he has lots to say in that book about prayer. Um, for example, here's one of the things he says in his book. And he, and he quote, and in that book, did you find the name of the book? Did yeah, you look proof, proof of heaven? Okay. That there, is that's it. There you go. He was, he was brain dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. And he's, and like I said, a neurosurgeon, but he knew when he came back out of that situation that he was to talk to people about the afterlife and what he found and what, what, what this is really like. One of the things that stuck in my brain, I was riveted. He said when he was ascending away from his body, like he could see it, he could see the people, he could see himself laying there, but he was leaving, he was floating upward. And he's like, as he started floating up, he just heard all of this, like, he called it garbled, like chanting, just blah, 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 blah. And he's hearing all this as he's ascending, right? But when he was coming back into his body, his physical body, because now he's brought back, you know, to life here on earth, he realized that what he heard were all the people praying for him. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Yep. He said every prayer that somebody was saying, he recognized it and he knew that people, yeah, people prayed him back into life. I believe it. I believe the power of love. Love is God. Love is the force of life. Love creates that power of love. When you radiate love towards someone or your problems, they kind of just dissipate. You disarm people with love, but this is his book is called Proof of Heaven, a neurosurgeon's journey into the afterlife. Yes. Yes. And because I'm a nurse practitioner, I found it very fascinating. A neurosurgeon had this experience. I wanted to hear about it. And I read that book in like two days. It's not hard to read. However, there was a part for me that he really puts a lot of science. Yes, I love the science. And that's the part you're looking for, right? That's the part we're all looking for. He, He connected science and spirit. And he did it through that horrific journey of meningitis. Oh my God. This is fascinating. I actually want to write a white paper proving God through science or proving what I, my, well, God as love. And I believe Einstein was close to proving that the unified field is love. 
mm-hmm. which is, and Einstein actually believed that goodness, truth, and beauty are laws in the universe. And that coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. And you just sent me an article from Psychology Today. I didn't read the article yet, but called Coincidences, What Are They? What are these things? These bizarre, random, sparkly events that seem connected. Mm -hmm. And whenever I'm in the flow of a beautiful, whenever I'm surrendered, which means I'm not in worry or fear or regret or guilt or shame or any of those things that are not from my loving source, I experience these God shots. We, we, we call them God shots. These uncanny yeah. coincidences that seem, oh, they're so beautiful and magical. I had so many of those when I first had yeah. my awakening and got sober and had a catastrophic crash yeah. and burn, which like you said, not just silver linings, but inside every bad so-called bad thing is mm-hmm. the seed of the good or something Absolutely. good. Yes. Yes. And so, you know what, the name of that article that I sent you, um, I just happened to have it laying on my desk. Coincidence, embrace, embrace the unknown. And that's, and I love that because it's like, we tend to fear the unknown instead of embracing it. And, you know, I had somebody tell me one time, you know, take a look at where your feet are where your feet are is exactly where you're supposed to be. Because if you weren't supposed to be there, you wouldn't be. I love that. That's so simple. And, and I mean, I, I believe that that's true. You know, have you ever had, um, at least I have, I've had too many experiences. I know, I know what I was going to share with you. I was reading last night an article by a flight attendant. And she, she was a flight attendant. She had a lot of time for those of you that are flight attendants, you know, that as you get time, you get seniority and your trips get better and you pick trips better and all that kind of thing. So she had picked flight 175 for September 11, right? And that was the route that she had flown for a while. And that particular day, she plugs, she plugs her three flights in like she was supposed to. Two of them took, that one didn't. And she's like, what is wrong with this? So she went back in and she tried two or three times to get on her normal flight of 175, right? From Boston to the West Coast, the the actual plane that was the second plane that went into the towers. And the last time it accepted, but she was one minute past the deadline to fly that flight. So she had to then pick another flight. So when she boarded her flight, she was on, she was working a flight in between 175 and the other one that went into the tower. So plane one and plane two that hit the towers, she got a flight in between them. And she looks back on that now. And she's like, she was so agitated because the computer kept not accepting her bid and it was messing up her schedule. And she was so frustrated. And then once everything happened, she realized that there was a power greater than herself that was actually guiding her, stopping her, messing with the computer. So she would not be on that plane. Now, what, what the, a lot of people ask this question, and there was a, a book by a rabbi written years ago called When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Mm-hmm. How do you explain, though, all the other people that had to suffer through that t- t- horrific tragedy? Why were they on that flight? I mean, what do you think 
And there are people who pray constantly and they were on that flight. They aren't unfaithful people or people who don't right. believe in God. No, they're not. But you know what? I wish I knew how to answer that. And that's what you talked about in the beginning, the threads where we can't yeah. see what's happening in the picture above. We just don't know. I just don't know why. I wish I did. You know, there was that, I, and I don't remember the exact date, unfortunately. It might have been like 91. I can't remember. 91, 92, something like that. When the, the plane went down in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I live in Weirton, which is like 30 minutes from Pittsburgh. So my oh, brother yeah. works for US Airways. It was one of their planes. And he called me immediately. He goes, we have a plane down. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, a plane just dropped it in Pittsburgh. I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, the saddest part of that to me was there was a family, a mother, father, and two children on that flight, which was coming back from Chicago. They had gone to Chicago for a funeral and they're coming back and the plane crashes. Oh, and, so like, and that's what you think about the family and you think about the tragedy and you think about the sadness and why do those things happen? And maybe that is not something we will ever know on this side of eternity, right? But that's where our faith comes in. That's where we have to trust. You can't, you have to have some kind of- I truly don't believe in death because I've had some very interesting experiences after my brother died. And I know a lot of people have had these things and I didn't, it wasn't wishful thinking because it was years later, one of them. A couple of years ago, I think I told you this one, I'm talking to him, he died in 1995. My son was born in 94, he died within that first year. And I remember my precious brother, he was one of those people who couldn't quite get it. He couldn't live in the mortal world, the material world that easily. It was tough for him here. And he was such a sweet, dear spirit. You know, he had all these longings and life in this world is clunky and kind of primitive at times. You know, does she like me? What if someone, you know, he had this low self-esteem and you can blame human, you can blame parents for that or you can blame society for that. But he was troubled from an early age and he sniffed glue at the age of eight and he was just very, very uh, scared of life. And then all his life, he didn't feel like he fit in. You know, he was too fragile for this world. And then when he passed away and I found his body and I was sober at that point, I was brand new, newly sober a few months. I didn't think I'd ever get through that with a straight, without drinking. And I was able to be there for my whole family. And somehow it was a spiritual experience. A lot of people were saved through his death. A lot of lives were saved. A lot of kids who were in recovery came to his funeral and sat there weeping and they hiked up a mountain to get there. And they said, I'll never drink again. If, he did, if your brother hurt you this badly, I'll never do that to my family. So there were lives saved. But then I, I've seen my brother in two big visions after he died. And it sounds so mystical and some people go, oh yeah, right. But mm. <laughs> it was so clear, the, the first one, three times actually, three times. But the third one was just a couple years ago. And this is, he died in 95. And here I am suddenly remembering him in such the vivid detail. I started speaking to him and I said, oh my God, Paul, please forgive me for not helping you more in your life. You know, when you came to Hollywood, maybe you needed a job and I should have helped you get a job in show business because I was starting my career in showbiz. And as I get, I was weeping for him. And suddenly this loud alarm 
doorbell went off and this was midnight, pitch dark outside, not a single soul. And the only way that doorbell can go off is if it's, it was a, an alarm that goes off if the door is opened. Mm-hmm. And I'm right next to the front door in the office watching, making sure Chuck doesn't wander out back when those days when he was wandering away. And it was like, oh, it felt like that ring, that bell ringing in It's a Wonderful Life. It was too uncanny to have a bell ring like that when the door couldn't have been opened. I, I was looking at the window. There was no one there. It just felt like these beautiful little things. Like I told you my friend, her brother died in a roadside mine in Iraq. He was a Navy SEAL and the family couldn't get over it. And they were sitting on the beach in Laguna a month after his death. He was a Navy SEAL and they were just holding hands, praying and just saying, we just hope you're okay. Can you let us know if you're okay? And a SEAL, a sea lion, a sea lion from the rocks in Laguna Beach came flopping over to them in the circle. And it was like, oh, come on. You have a sense of humor. How incredible is that sweet little wink, you know? Yeah, I believe that. And, and you know, you said wink, and I, and I think about God winks. Some people call them God winks. Some people, some people call them God shots. Yeah. One of the things that came to mind to me when you were talking about your brother was The Shack. Oh, yes. That's the one movie I haven't seen yet. Uh, well, it's a book. Yeah. And it was made into a movie. I've read the book twice, and I saw the movie. And I got to tell you, it's one for the, everybody listening. It's one of those um, things where the book is excellent and the movie is just as excellent. Good. I'm writing it down and, again right now. And you know what? When I saw it, when I read it, it was just, I, I couldn't put it down. It was riveting. And then when I saw it, I sat there and just sobbed. But you know what? It brought me, um, I believe for me, what I needed to understand about heaven and earth. And there is a scene in that movie. It's depicted in the book, but there's the scene and you actually see it. And there is such a fine, well, I'll just tell you, this is not a spoiler alert, but I mean, it, it, it shows like the human beings in the cave and the water, the, the waterfalls coming over the opening of that cave. And on the other side of that water is eternity where everybody is and so you can see they're there they can see you you can see them and but not clearly you know and you can hear a little bit but not real excellently and that just reminded me of the here and the hereafter it's like I think it's a very close place I don't I agree with you I don't think people die I mean I think that the human physical body yeah goes away but the spirit lives forever like walking into another room they say some people have said i mean it's it's proving that quantum physics now proves that there is no matter it's consciousness it's thought the mind of the creator could be the mind of love the mind of all of us together um as we think good thoughts yes continuing you know we are adding to god's ideas we are god's most magnificent idea well, you and know what I really like to do, what I'd really like to do with this, with who we're talking to in our audience mm-hmm. is I would like somebody to contact us. Somebody with something serious. I mean, like serious, like cancer, um, you know, I, I don't know what else it could possibly be. I mean, I'm just coming up with this stuff off the top of my head. 
a, a serious illness of some sort, you know, estranged children, estranged parents, whatever it may be that's causing grief and heartache that you just kind of can't get through. Yeah. And I would like for them to contact us and write us and bring it forward so we can bring it to the audience and put it out there for people to pray about. I love that. And then to see, because you know what, this is, this is what I go by. This is what I believe in. If you get on your knees, on your knees in a humble position, and I'm just, I'm not talking humble before man. I'm talking humble before the world, before good orderly direction, before the universe. Love, infinite love is God. Infinite love. And just be like, you know, it, it's almost like when a man proposes, he gets on his knee. Why? Respect, honor, humbling, you know? And so uh, if, for two weeks, if we get on our knees and we pray for that person in that situation, I'm telling you, we're going to have somebody come back to God shots and say, oh my goodness, this was the result. And people that are listening to this will get to see it in action. Yes. And absolutely. our actions speak louder than words. We can talk about this and it's true, but let's put it to practice and let's show people. So if anybody's listening and you want to write in and say, hey, this is going on, we'll pick you and let's do it. Let's get on our knees for two weeks and pray about it and see what happens. You know? I'll post the, uh, our website information and our emails, the email for Godshots org on the on when we put the perfect. show out there perfect actually godshotsorg at gmail.com godshotsorg at e- gmail.com you can write to us there awesome. by the way you know mary baker eddie who founded this um she's metaphysic she believes in the god of love and she was a fundamentalist christian from the pilgrim era she was one of those the pilgrim families and she thought God can't be mean and fear and punishing. She didn't believe in that version because she used to go to this church with her parents and it was all fire and brimstone. It was like, you know, the fear and the fear, we constantly in fear. And she had an experience at 14 where she fell on the ice and was paralyzed. Her spinal cord was either severed or completely, uh, the nerve endings were blocked. And she was told she'd never walk again. And she lay in bed at the age of 14 and she began to read the Bible. And she read it back and forth, back up. She read it like four times, the whole Bible. And then she read only Christ's healings. And she goes, how can this have happened 2000 years ago? Or this is in 1860s. Um, and why can't we do it now? He says, we're supposed to be doing this now. If you're mm-hmm. going to go and take the leap of faith and believe in God, take the leap all the way and believe in the beginning, the premise of Genesis 1. We are made in God's image. God is all good all the time. We're made in his image and likeness. There's no, oppo- there's no opposition. That shall have no other gods before me, which is means we can't put cancer before God. No more diseases before God. No other materialism. Mm-hmm. And she was healed. She was healed. She got up and walked. And she goes, I've got to find the evidence and the proof and the analysis of how this happened. So she founded a religion. And people, she was healing right and left. She raised the dead. She raised a dead child. The certain churches, fundamentalist churches got mad at her and they said, you're a witch. But she just said, it's, it's in the Bible. So yeah. it's, we're not doing that enough. We should be, and I'm, I'm now merging metaphysics with quantum physics. It's true. There's an astrophysicist who's doing this himself. There's like three quantum astronomers right now. And he's proving the same thing I want to prove and you want to prove. 
That's right. So we, should, we, should, we should join science. Well, you know what I that find matter is kind of flaky, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. And you know what? Here's, here's a nice, um, now I forget, I forget what the word is. I'm losing my adult words, but Bible just basically stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Oh, I love that. And so if you read it, it's a set of instructions. I mean, there is, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there is a diet and I forget the name of the diet, maybe Jezebel diet or something, but this, this physician actually got a diet plan directly from the Bible because it tells you what to eat and what not to eat. I mean, it's really simple. That's and funny. if you follow it, you're healthy. And I mean, it, it, we don't have to do, you don't have to do well, it. I like the seeds and berries rather than so much meat. Well, I mean, yeah, you don't meat in the Bible, you know, no. And, and, you know, and, and, and this is the thing. I mean, there are so many instructions in that book. That, and you know, I'm not telling people to read the Bible. I read the Bible because yeah. I get stuff out of it. I have had God shots because of it. I have met you because of it. My life is amazing because of it. Right. Yeah, that's right. But there was a point in time where I didn't necessarily believe in that because I was raised that Bush is going to get me. Bush is going to get you. And my grandparents were Russian Orthodox. Bush, and Bush, Bush, which is, is Russian. well, it's in the Russian language for God. Oh, you and thought it was so, like a witch or something? No, no. Oh. It was their terminology for God oh, 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 and their okay. language. Okay. But Bush is going to get you. So what my parents and my grandparents did was give me that fearful God. Yeah. So anytime that the curfew was at 10, if you're not having 10, Bush is going to get you. So I always had this fear that no matter what I did, God was going to get me, right? Oh my God. And it took coming into the rooms for me to understand that God is love. Yeah. Yeah. God, God gives us gifts. God, God loves us. Exactly. And you know what? And when we do something that's really horrific, which we all do because we're human, he gets sad. It's just like, he, it's almost like this sadness, like, oh, well, that was kind of a mistake. And it's like wrecking your tricycle and just, okay, get it out of the pitch. Let's get on it and let's go again. If, you know, as long as you learn from your mistakes and you don't willfully go out and hurt people, the golden right. rule is the most universal form of religion, even in secular countries and secular lives. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Treat others with the dignity and kindness you would want for yourself. That's the right. simplest way to get along in a society, even if you don't believe in. We all have so many different versions of God, you know. We've got to find that one common ground. Yeah. For sure. And there's, and there's so much division right now. There's so much division between all people about everything, you know, and there's so much fear and I don't really know where that's coming from. I don't know if it's media based and the media is creating a lot of fear in people. Um, I personally don't watch the news. I just don't. I, I figure if it's anything important, somebody's going to come to my door and tell me, right. I, I you know, I love, I believe, I believe it is a lot to do with media and ratings and, and the newspaper headline, the newspaper motto of all newspaper companies or press companies is if it bleeds, it leads. They mm -hmm. want to excite you because that gets ratings and they, they want the most thrilling, horrific, devastating thing to be leading the, the headlines. So they want to keep you in anxiety because they sell products that way. Right. Uh, you know, and I hate to say that it's true. There is truthful news. There are some good journalists and there's a lot of Pulitzer Prize winning newspapers 
And I studied this very rigorously because I was almost a journalism major. The Society of Ethical Journalism is the New York Times, Washington Post, the Christian Science Monitor, the only objective newspaper anywhere that it's it's won seven Pulitzers. The Boston Globe, the St. You know, the St. Louis, the Des Moines Register. There's a lot of local papers and Reuters journalists. But the problem is there's these opinion journalists on Fox that aren't, aren't real news at all. They're there to hurt and, and inspire fear and on the other side as well. But I have to say, you know, CNN is real journalism. They're real journalists on the front lines at every war zone. They actually put their lives at risk. Mm-hmm. that's news fox isn't and i have to say that that's very very i've done in-depth studies on this yeah but, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but we have to stay away from the fear and you're right fear is causing all the strife and politization politicization uh-huh. politicization last night we watched a movie called don't look up it's a satire comedy with meryl streep and leonardo dicaprio and jennifer lawrence and it's about fear-mongering of something really bad happening in the in the country and no one will believe it anymore and but i have to say one thing you've heard of chaos theory right yes chaos theory is that if you get high up enough above a problem and you look down on the problem a beautiful pattern is forming it's up close that we're all in chaos but if we get high enough up something beautiful is forming. And it's as if when we get through all this greed, you can't have enough sex, drugs, rock and roll, greed, killing each other, violence. It's like violent porn. At the other side of that, it seems like we're snowballing toward chaos, but there's only one place to go on the other side of that once all your desires have been fulfilled. And that's to the spirit within Mm -hmm. the great universal loving force that unites us. And it's our job individually to spread love and joy and to point out the good things going on, the good news. That's correct. And, you know, so here, you know, my Bible-based thought goes back to the Bible where Solomon talked about that. He had everything. He had more money, more wives, more property, more everything than anybody did. And his comment at the end of the day was, it's all for naught. It doesn't make you happy, right? Yes. So we just we just keep carrying on. And, and I mean, how many times I've said, well, if I can have that coat, I'm going to be happy. If I can have that drive that car, I will have arrived, right? If I live in that neighborhood, my life will get better. That guy. <laughs> that guy, that guy. And it, none of it, none of it, none of it is the magic bullet. None of it, you know? And I believe that what we talk about in this program, that's the magic bullet, you know, and it takes, and and so what's the work? Here's the work to me, you know, and I don't do it. I don't do it. I wish I could tell everybody that I get up every morning and I'm like, none, like, I'm like a nun, like I get on my knees and I pray and I read my Bible. I don't, I don't, I think about it. I open my eyes and I think about it and I think, oh, I got to go to work. Oh, yeah. I do this. Oh, I better take a shower. And then before you know it, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, have I ever like said thank you today? You know? Oh, that's the key. Oh, by the way, gratitude is the sincerest form of prayer. I've heard that before. And if you don't know how to pray, just start thanking, thinking of all your blessings. That's Count it. the good things in your oh my God. 
I have food. I have enough for today. I have a resilient spirit. I have hope. Hope springs eternal. I have, you know, even if you don't have anything, you have something. Be grateful for the crack in your coffee cup because it shows that you have your, your hand can hold a cup. There are people who can't. Yeah. You can't even see the cup. That's right. That's right. And so I think by, by stopping taking things for granted, and like you said, just go to gratitude. I remember when I first came in to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, I didn't know what gratitude was. I didn't know what humility was. I mean, I thought I had humility when I walked in there. I later learned I was humiliated. <laughs> two, two different yeah, things. Too. Um, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Two different things. It, it's not a natural, it's not our natural bent as humans to want to be grateful. We want to complain. That's, that's the, that's the nature of the human, right? But when you do get yourself in that mindset where it's like, I'm thankful that I can see, I'm thankful that I can breathe without a respirator, without a ventilator. I'm happy. I can breathe. I mean, so what I, what I was going back to say, so when I first came in and we were in a gratitude meeting, right? And I just, it came to my turn. I said, you know, I really don't have anything to be grateful for. And I really believed that with my heart and soul because it was like, oh, I don't know. I can't drink anymore. Here I am. I'm stuck with a bunch of weird people. And this is like awful, right? And I had a wise man look at me and he was putting his hat on. He was putting his coat and hat on. And he had about 20 years at the time, maybe 18. And he turned around and he goes, you're sucking air, aren't you? And he walked out the door. And I just thought to myself, what a jackass. Love that. Sorry. <laughs> but, but it was like, what's wrong with him? But now, years later, when I look back on that loving, caring man, he was absolutely right. We, we take for granted the smallest things. Like when we go and we get in a car and we run to the grocery store and we come back, do we ever stop to thank God that we made it back? Some people don't. You know what? You're right. We have to do this as a practice. That's the key is practice yes. gratitude. Practice saying, instead of getting in the car and going, damn that driver or that stoplight's taking too long. Boy, you're looking at the, the myopic, tiny negative things that do not enhance your life. The higher thoughts are up here and it's this, do you know how easy your life goes when you start to just go in the flow and stop yeah. resisting everything and stop fighting your, stop living in your lower nature? You know, it's overcoming your lower nature. That's what it's all about. And yeah. we may only be here in a little school for a little while in these mortal bodies because the eternal life is going to be forever. And it's beautiful. There's, I mean, I keep hearing from people who've had near-death experiences that, whoa, the light, the whoa, colors. the beauty. Yeah. And I it's told cool. you this. What's that? Well, before I've told you all this and maybe in a different show and I told you before, but John Lovitz, who's an incredibly funny comedian, he was the star of Saturday Night Live during the years with Dana Carvey and he was the liar on Saturday Night Live. And um, he's really funny. One of my best friends in the world. We dated too long ago, but he was doing a movie with Nicolas Cage and Dana Carvey up in Canada. And the night before the movie, before he flew off, he had a huge fight with his dad. His dad never wanted to be an actor and he was in a, a lull and he was going off to do this movie, but his, they had a huge fight. His dad is a doctor. His dad died 
a couple days later and John just had never made up with his father and he couldn't forgive himself. He was like beside himself with grief and, and regret and shame over not forgiving his dad. And then he had a dream, mm. I think that third night. And he saw his father in the dream standing and holding hands in heaven. John didn't believe in heaven before this. He um, wasn't much, wasn't religious at all. And they were holding hands with, his dad was holding hands with an, a couple of women and different relatives. And he said, John, I forgive you. You forgive me. We're good. I love you. Everything's good. And he said, tell your mom, Aunt Edna says hi. And John was like, woke up, called his mom and said, who's Aunt Edna? She said, oh my God, she's your grandmother's sister who died years ago. You'd never know her from the old country, from Armenia. I think her name was Edna. It might've been a different pronunciation, but he went, how would I have known that name if I hadn't had this wow. dream? To this day, he is now a believer like you can't believe. And see, that's what, that's what it is. And you know what? I think that we get those sublime messages every day, all day, and we're so busy that we miss them. We miss them. We don't look. We don't practice gratitude. No. We don't stop, breathe, and look up and feel the beauty of the universe and start looking. The more you look for beauty, the more you're going to find it. That's if right. You look for beauty, you'll find it everywhere. Gratitude is the activator. Yeah, I, I do. I agree with you. I agree with you a hundred percent and I'm just grateful. Like I, you know, like today, honestly, was a really crazy day in my world. You know, um, when, when you are in recovery, you don't have to be in recovery. It can be anything, but when you're in recovery and somebody has multiple years and then they pick up, you really watch self-destruction and they pick up a drink, you mean, or a drug. A drink. Yeah, a drink. Yeah. yeah. Everybody thinks that, I mean, you know, I'm just saying what I, what I've experienced is people think they can safely drink a glass of wine or a glass of beer. And it just doesn't work that way, yeah. you know, and it just goes very quickly from that one glass of wine to total destruction of self. And it's, and it's really hard. But when I come on here, I just feel like I'm in the right place for the right purpose. And that there's somebody, there may only be one person that listens to this that's going to hear something they need to hear and going to want yeah. to participate, you know, and how does it work? One person at a time, one day at a time, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, we got a really great thing here by sharing God shots and they just Get keep started happening. 2022. We have some great guests lined up. Yes, we do. Yeah. So we're yeah. going to start doing, I promise you this time, regular shows, um, probably <laughs> yeah. a little bit more regularly after February 10th, but then we'll start up the full force. But we have some, uh, an author in, in, in January who's in recovery. He's written an amazing book called Raising the Bottom. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to read that book before January. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds fabulous. Oh, you've been through so much and yet you're sparkling. You're beautiful. And it's because you live in the light. I can see it all around you. I can see <laughs> you choose the light. <laughs> That's because I have like all my windows are open. <laughs> I can see light in your, and you have that luminescent glow though. But yeah. I think because you live in the light, you don't, it's like, I love the phrase. I don't know where I've heard it. It might be in the Bible. Where the world is a loose garment. You know, don't be attached yeah. to disease or fear or anything. You know, don't like marry yourself to an old accident you had because so I, people who talk about their backache pain, it's because they look back too much. 
and they're living in this past constant rehearsing the error or the mistake that happened years ago and they're stuck and even their body becomes stuck there is a book called the body tells the story or the body knows the score or something and it's about how we hold a lot of pain in our bodies but Mm. it all starts here We have to link our minds up with the good, the divine thoughts, the thoughts of love, beauty, goodness, truth, harmony, health, you know, cooperation and watch your life change. I mean, that is, you don't have to call it God. If you're afraid of those religious terms, it's this, this flow of goodness that's really forming, creating, you know, um, informing the universe Mm -hmm. constantly and things change moment to moment staying stuck in an old past idea in an old story isn't helping you and if your religion isn't serving you to make you more happy joyous and free then rethink it that's That's right that's right we have choices and we're not stuck we can we can change and do something different and and you know I, i don't know i think of the queen of trying stuff like my sponsor always says to me, try it on for size. See what you think. If it works great, if it doesn't, okay, but do something different, you know? So I'll try anything once. And if I like it, I'll do it again. And if I don't, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I did that. I don't necessarily need to do that. And I think that um, there was a reading today and it was in the daily reflections. I love that. Book. Oh, no, no, no. It was, it was in somebody reading the promises, right? And it said, I became, no, we don't became, we are becoming, we change every day, every minute of the day we're evolving, we're changing. So what we liked five minutes ago may not work for us a half hour from now. And it's okay. It's okay. You know, I love the idea that uh, a woman said this once, I reserve the right to change my mind at any moment. It's, it's a good thing to change your mind with new information. You That's know, right. it's That's like right. they, they used to chastise. They chastise people for being changeable. Not if it's improving your life and giving you a bigger perspective, a more right. loving, a more loving perspective. You know, if it's making me small and bitter, no, those are not choices I want to make anymore. I want to make the choices that make me expand my heart, grow a bigger well, heart. Let me tell you what, and I think that if you're, this is just me and I'm not, I'm, so I'm going to talk from I statements. I'm not going to say you, whatever, but you know, at Christmas, I had this special person that I wanted to buy something for. And I'm thinking, what can I do? That's kind of special. I don't know. I don't want to be too much. So, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Trans-Siberian Orchestra, but they're called TSO. They are an amazing Christmas show. They, but, but it's like, um, it's like a rock and roll band that does a Christmas show. And it's just the most amazing thing. I've seen it a few times. So in September, it came into my inbox and I looked at that, that they were coming to Pittsburgh last night. (laughs) And I thought maybe I should get him tickets to this. Maybe I'll get tickets and we'll go right now. This is September. And I thought, oh, I don't know. And I wasn't going to do it. And I thought, you know what? I like him. If he doesn't want to go, somebody will go with me. Okay. I'm going to get them. Right. So I get these tickets and he'd never seen them. We went last night. It was just amazing. I didn't know where I was purchasing the seats at. I did the best I could looking at the diagram of what, you know, the arena that I was going to be in. And do you know that we were like right in the front row, up higher than floor level. So you could really see everything. 
seats on either side of us because I was really concerned about the COVID, you know, super spreader event. And the seats on either side of us were not taken. So we had plenty of room to like kind of, it was just the most amazing evening. It truly was. The concert was fabulous. It was kind of like being back in life, um, seeing this event and he got to see something for the first time. And he was so excited because I would go back to see them again. But their name, when it says Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you think of an orchestra, you think of something kind of boring, you know, whatever. This is far from it. I mean, it's an amazing technical light show. Fire, fireworks, just just truly amazing, you know? And so I just look at that and I'm so grateful that I got to experience that last night, Um, you know, and to do that. And to think that I bought those things in September, really not knowing what I was going to do with them. You know, like, how fun I love that you yeah. see that's the thing say yes to life it's that there's a movie yeah. called that Jim Carrey did about yes say yes um we went to be I was feeling kind of melancholy about Christmas not knowing if I was going to see my kid <laughs> who's got his own life and believe me he doesn't need his mother hovering and he's got a whole group of friends and he's very happy and he's doing well and I've been picturing him that way when I, want to, when I say I pray for others, what I do is I see them thriving. I see the true invisible harmony in their lives that other people may not be able to see. And I magnify that. And it actually does work. I really believe that if God didn't create it, then we don't experience it. And God didn't create anything bad. So that's my theory now. That if it's, if it's ugly, evil, and creepy, it's bogus. And that really works. I mean, it, try it. It really works. So we, I dragged my wonderful bow to uh, Riverside to the historic Mission Inn, which is the most gorgeous Spanish castle. It's this historic hotel um, that they have underground tunnels and everything. For during Prohibition, they built it, and it's many many levels of a Spanish courtyard, and they decorate the entire thing in lights. It was spectacular. It's one of those wonderland of lights with different restaurants and Christmas trees everywhere. And we tried to sneak up to the castle staircase. I hate to say we did. I mean, I shouldn't say this. We got to the roof where the nativity scene is and there's a church up there. Entire medieval looking church built of stone. It's beautiful. And then there was a secret spiral staircase I couldn't find. I remember being there once before. Now that they couldn't hide it, but it was built like so long ago and apparently it's a very dangerous staircase and it's huge made of all tile and i don't think they want people going over there unless you're a guest so i kept asking everyone who worked there do you know where the spiral staircase is and they would go can't tell you unless you're a guest here so we didn't sneak up that one i was dying to do it but i feel like a detective at times i feel like a little kid at christmas i love lights i love christmas and then i bought tickets also to a big thing called the lightscape at the Arboretum. And we went there Christmas Eve and we walked through a wonderland of plants and forest lights with everything lit up and oh, colored, beautiful. with gorgeous music and symphony playing. And then they had the Fantasy Island original opening credits house. I was I did a Fantasy Island. My boyfriend wrote a Fantasy Island and we're here at the Fantasy Island. You know, it was really kind of silly. And that's, but, cool. uh, so, that's good. It just gave you that childlike spirit of the gift of the magic of Christmas, you know, and light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
And so it's been really nice today to see you again. Yeah, and, it's been um, nice to see you. To talk, and I'm excited. I mean, yeah, to anybody that's listening, coming up in 2022 will be our year to really kick this off and get it going and keep it regular. And because we do get a lot of comments about we love hearing you guys banter and talk about it. But I'm telling you, the challenge is out there. When you hear this, if you've got something big, send it. What's the name of the email? Godshots.org, G-O-D-S-H-O-T-S-O-R-G at gmail.com. There you go. There you have it. So write it down, send it in. And we're also on Anchor, Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Apple, iTunes. This goes out audio as well. And you can listen in your car and Stitcher. So this podcast is a video, video podcast and an audio. So this one's called How to Heal. I think they should all be called How to Heal. Because it is, this is very healing. Um, and have and you it, noticed that we have not talked about anything going on that's negative in the world? I don't, I, want, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. It doesn't serve me. It doesn't make me feel good. Why would we? You know, why in the world we want to be the one place you can go to really, but you can talk about your, your health issues and your problems because there is oh, a solution. Yeah. There's a solution to every problem, no matter how dire, no matter what you're going through. That's right. But, um, but you know what, there's that, that's kind of like in my vision, what God shots is for is to counteract counterbalance. I should say the negativity in the world. Yeah. There's going to be negative stuff and yes, we're going to hear it, but you know what, if we stay in the light, then we get the light. And so that's kind of what I'm looking for right now at this stage of my life. Me too. You know, I lived in the darkness for a long time. Me too. And I, and you know what? I collected everything you could possibly collect jewelry, clothes, homes, men, <laughs> vacations, you name it. I degrees. I mean, I was looking for everything and I'm just, you don't find it. It's inside of you. It's the spirit inside. And this show nurtures the spirit. Yay. God shots with Darlene Spilaza and Lydia Cornell. You know what you just said inside of you. That's the key. People keep thinking, God's this old man in the sky somewhere above the clouds. I mean, that's maybe a, you know, an old rendition of an old book, a fairy tale book, but no, God is inside you. The spirit of love, everything's inside you. The solutions inside you, you have to tap into it and it takes practice, but there are physical healings happening every day right now. People overcoming leukemia. We did, I work with a practitioner who helped a woman overcome leukemia and cancer went into remission three times and then she was fine. Um, she finally died of old age, but I believe it's so interesting how, you know, she, it turns out her, she, she told her family, look for red card, look for Cardinals, the red bird after I die. That was her favorite bird. Do you know, I didn't know that until yesterday. I had three dreams of red birds in a row after she died. And I kept saying, what is this wow. red bird I keep seeing everywhere? So, you know, she was one of my dearest, I call her my adopted grandmother, Josie Butler. I love you, Josie. Nice. Flying with the angels. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, darling. You're such a beautiful spirit. And I love you so much. I love you too, Lydia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to January when we have our guest. And yep. I'm going to read the book in the interim and we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Okay. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Your Year. Eyes on love and light. Yes. Yes, we do. God bless you.